0: Hi everyone, welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi everyone. Well Mara, I am pretty excited about our new issue that is on sale because after many months we finally have a general hospital cover to talk about. Now, when the show returned from their pandemic shutdown, I think there was a feeling of them, you know, wanting to be sure that this was going to stick and that the show wouldn't get preempted again. So they really pulled back in terms of the information they shared, and it was definitely noticed by our readers. And, you know, also a challenge for us, because I was seeing tweets and getting emails that we had some sort of bias against the show, which, of course, could not be further from the truth. I mean, please, you and I couldn't be more into GH. It's the show you cover for the magazine. It's the show that got me into soaps, pretty much. And we want to feature the show on, in our pages like as much as possible, but sometimes it's kind of hard to communicate what's really going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's definitely been hard to see GH go missing from its rightful place in our late breaking news section. And of course, being able to preview GH Story is a huge priority for us. And uh, I was so happy and excited to hop on the phone with the writers for this week 's cover story because it is a doozy uh, It is the countdown to the long awaited double wedding of Anna and Finn and Peter and Maxie, and um, as frustrating as it has been at times as an impatient viewer to have so many secrets stay under wraps for so long where their the, those four characters are concerned. I cannot deny that they have set the stage for a like really heart thumping climax because we know there are so many things that could go wrong. There are so many secrets that could be exposed. There are so many threats to each of these couples chances of a happily ever after that, you know, even if we may have good reason to suspect that something huge is going to go wrong on the wedding day, we don't know which of the many possibilities will actually come to fruition. And that's an exciting place to be, uh, to, to be in as a viewer. Oh, definitely. I mean, the stakes are so high, and there is such a tune in element to this tale. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've noticed our inbox is really filled with more positive GH emails of late. Um, fans are really liking what the show's head writers, Chris and Dan, are doing and are in for a lot of it. Um, the one complaint I have gotten, however, is about the Sam and Jason breakup. Uh, this has really upset a lot of GH viewers, you know, myself included. I mean, I feel that we haven't seen that much of this couple together since Steve Burton reclaimed the role of Jason. And fans, in my opinion, have kind of gotten short shrift. Um, and now Jason and Sam are broken up for a reason that like always existed, you know, his dangerous mob ties. So it felt a little, I don't know, apropos of nothing for me. Yeah, you you are not alone in that. Now, I do think the show tried to really sell that concept by having Sam's decision come in the wake of this terrifying experience she had where she thought that she had lost Jason or Danny or both in the explosion at the floating rib. And that sort of threw cold water on her feeling like she could stay with Jason and have her kids be in the line of fire associated with his work but the whole through line of Jason and Sam has, has been this ride or die mentality and Sam being by Jason's side, even in the face of danger. And it's true that in you know, the early years where shootouts were even more commonplace, Uh, in their courtship. You know, there weren't children in the picture. But I I think it felt very slapdash to have Sam come to the conclusion that she couldn't be with Jason for the sake of the kids and have him be like, okay, I'll move out, (laughs) as opposed to, you know, fighting for her. Uh, And I think Jason and Sam fans feel like what some 16 years into their investment into this couple, if they were going to split them up, they deserved a breakup that did more to honor their history, shall we say. You know, you were never going to have a situation where JSAM fans were like, you know what? I think that was a great breakup and I'm so happy that they're broken up. (laughs) Um, But the complaints that we're seeing, you know, that it wasn't true to their history, that it wasn't true to them as individuals, that's something kind of different than, you know, just wanting your favorite couple to be together. Uh, I I will say that I'm happy they are playing the yearning a little bit. I think we saw uh, this week at Sunny's funeral how difficult it was for them not to just, like, be each other's rocks through the loss of Sunny, who was, you know, someone really important to both of them. Now, that I totally agree with. I loved watching that. And, you know, fortunately, we have two very strong actors in Steve Burton and Kelly Monaco playing these characters. So, like, you do feel for them, and you do see the struggle, um, it just wasn't my favorite story twist. Um, and now I see that they're putting Jason more in Brit's orbit, and I love Kelly Tebot. I love what they've done with her since she's been back, so I'm actually interested to see where it's going. But if I have to be totally honest, and Mara, do not kill me, I am more of a liaison fan from years ago, and I really wouldn't mind seeing something again between Jason and Liz. Hey, I'm not mad. Uh, I I had my own liaison moment in the sun. Um, I I have actually been loving the Jason and Liz stuff lately. Um, You know, it has kind of baffled me why those two haven't gotten more play because there is so much history there and they share a child. Uh, But it was supremely satisfying to me as a viewer to have Liz tell Jason off recently for casting aspersions on Franco when Franco has been like a far more consistent parental figure to Jake. I'm always happy when the writers showcase Liz as a character with backbone and strength. And I hope that we get more of that. Um, I also am a huge Kelly t fan and I'm watching the Brit Jason dynamic with a lot of interest and ditto Dante and Sam, because we have seen those characters spending more time together. Um, In the same issue that we're talking about of the magazine, I was also really happy to get to talk to Dominic Samponia and get his take on the Dante and Sam situation. Uh, I think people will be quite interested in what he had to say, including that while he doesn't know where they are going with Dante and Sam, he does know that there are diehard J-Sammers and diehard Lante fans who will struggle if they do take them in a romantic direction. Um, But his feeling is that whatever happens, It's just part of a longer journey for the characters, and he hopes that viewers will, you know, go on that journey with them. Well, we will just have to see. Um, And in keeping with our GH theme today, our guest marked 15 years in Port Charles last year, but I have had the pleasure of knowing her for longer than that. In fact, since last century when she was a teenager, (laughs) and I couldn't be more excited to be speaking with her today. It's Kirsten Storms, who plays Maxie, and I am so ready to catch up with her. Hi, Kirsten hi Steph how you doing I'm good how are you good well Mara and I really have wanted you as a guest for so long we could not be more thrilled that you are here today so thank you so much for making time of course you know I love you guys so I'm really excited to be here too Okay, um, Okay. well, let's start. You were born in Orlando, Florida, and you got your start in showbiz at a really young age. You were only five when you were discovered by a talent scout in the acting class you convinced your parents to enroll you in. Uh-huh. So looking back, what drew you to performing when you were so young?
1: Well, my dad was a sportscaster for the news uh pretty much as long as I could remember growing up. And um, he would take me in to work with him on Take Your Daughter to Work Day, which I then was able to convince him to take me in on other days as well. (laughs) And they would let me announce what was coming up on the next news segment. Um, So I knew that I was comfortable in front of the camera Um, at that age. It didn't scare me, and it excited me. So – I talked to my parents about it. I'm pretty insistent. This is like, <laughs> followed me through my whole life. If I want to do something, I drive someone nuts until I can make <laughs> it happen. Uh, and I did that to my mom. Um, and she eventually enrolled me in a local acting class. And that was kind of it after that.
0: What's your earliest memory of actually being on a set? Other than mm-hmm. that work, of course.
1: Um. So we would travel to New York, uh, to do commercials during the summer. And, um, I remember being five and doing, uh, a commercial for this toy called magic motion, which was kind of like a light bright esque, uh, toy and, uh, Barbie commercials and stuff like that. I do have very vivid memories of being on set those that stuck with me. Um, and I remember my mom Uh, curling my hair in those bendable rollers or the pink foam rollers that used to sleep in. Um, So she, and all the commercials I did when I was little, my hair was really curly. That's how I would audition. Um, So those are, those are the biggest memories that stick out in my
0: mind from that long ago. Well, when you were 12, your family moved to Los Angeles. So was it for you to be able to pursue your acting career? And what was that transition like for you?
1: Um, yes, it was for me and my sister to pursue acting. Um, we came out without my dad and my brother at first, they stayed in Florida. And, uh, I mean, it was, I I felt a pressure that I put on myself, um, to succeed. And, um, I had worked quite a bit in Florida and New York. So I think I also had expectations when we came out here, and um then i didn't work for 2 years um and it's you know <laughs> to be 12 and 13 and go through this like a conversation with yourself about is this the career i want to have at such a young age um but i i definitely had those thoughts and i wanted to stick with it um so i think it was around uh when i was almost 14 that i booked a role on seventh heaven um which was really exciting for me because I loved that show at the time.
0: Um, and I, I, it, things took off for me after that. I'll say. Um, <laughs> so like 1999 seems particularly to have been a big year in the- a year for me. Yeah. <laughs> of arms. Okay, so first <laughs> in January of that year, Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century, in which you starred as Xenon herself, premiered on the Disney Channel and was just a monster hit. So tell us your, like, xenon casting story.
1: Um, Okay, so I remember getting uh, to the audition and it going well. And then the callback process was a lot. Um, I think it was eight callbacks. It might have been seven. Um, They were clearly making sure that they got the person that was perfect for the part. Uh and my very last callback, uh, it was me and Allison Mack for the part. Oh. Um <laughs> and <laughs> she had just come off of I think it was um what's the, the movie she did with Michelle Trachtenberg? Uh Harriet the Spy. Harriet yeah. The spy. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um God, I can't believe I remember that. <laughs> um and uh, I remember being nervous because I knew who she was. Um, but I was a few days later in the car with my best friend, uh, in high school, Kara and my mom paged me on my pager <laughs> and <laughs> Kara's dad pulled over and let me use a payphone, which also don't exist anymore. Um, and I called my mom cause it was a 911 page and she was like, you got the part, you got the part. Um, so yeah, it was really exciting. I had no idea that, success the movie was going to have um the travel i would get to experience from booking that role uh, and the other work it would lead to um i was just really excited to take on that part and do do my thing <laughs> some I mean, spandex it
0: ended <laughs> up being a trilogy um yes. is it being shown on disney plus like are you getting new waves of fans now Yes, yeah, so yes it is being shown on disney plus um
1: Actually, uh, Steph, you're friends with Frank, uh, Valentini, my boss as well. Uh, I got a text from him a few nights ago saying, All it said was, I'm watching Xenon. It was like 9.30. (laughs) And I didn't see it until later. Um, And I was like, oh my God, what is he
0: doing? (laughs) Um,
1: But he said he was scrolling through Disney Plus and saw my picture on there. And he was like, I'm going to give this a whirl. So he was like, you're actually (laughs) Xenon. Yes. (laughs) So um, yeah, it's cool that it's on Disney Plus. I was at the first week Disney Plus came out, I showed the movie to Harper uh-huh. Um, that was cool. What'd she think? Uh, uh she loved it. It <laughs> makes me emotional. Talk about it. Um, it's cool to see her, like, be proud of me. And, um, I just, uh watching her grow up has been such an amazing experience and it it really made me think like oh my god like what's she gonna be when she grows up um hopefully not an actor (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah just watching her watch it um so much of my life has been a part of those movies and she didn't know that me so it was cool
0: that's amazing. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Five
1: minutes in and you guys already have me crying.
0: That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> New record, just to be honest. <laughs> well, I'm literally right there with you, if there's any consolation. Love you. Girl. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> uh, sorry. So what is like, what stands out to you about being on the Xenon set uh, other than, or including all that spandex?
1: uh spandex is first and foremost the biggest thing that I remember about doing those movies um it was a lot of work for me I don't think people like think about that when uh talking to me about doing the movies I was it was a group of kids always in the first second and third my age um we were in some foreign place and uh, everybody else got to explore and go see sites and take day trips and things like that. And I worked every day from morning till night. Um, a lot of dialogue to remember. Um, I even still take my days at work very seriously. Um, and I like to prepare my script, uh, in advance. So, um, I, I felt like I was, carrying not only my job on my shoulders, but the jobs of a lot of other people, Um, which at the time like didn't daunt me. Now I look back and I'm like, how did I do that at like 16 or or 14 or 19? Um, But uh, yeah, I just remember it being like a lot of work,
0: but rewarding. I, I enjoyed it. Well, a few months later in August, you made your day's debut as Belle Black. Um, so when I, what do you remember about auditioning for the role of Belle and now I'm saying it out loud I can't believe I've known you since 1999. Oh my god, I know.
1: Um, well, uh, I remember meeting with uh, the Ken Corday. Um, his kids, if I'm remembering this correctly, um, saw the Xenon movie uh, and liked it. And, um, I just went in, I didn't really have to audition for the part. They were just aging the character. Um, and I had grown up watching soaps with my mom. So they held a very special place in my heart. If you're a soap fan, like soaps are a big deal to you. So, um, getting on days was exciting for me at that, even at that
0: age. For sure did you have any reservations considering the success that you'd have with scene on? Um, I like getting locked into a multi-year contract at days or were you just like, Oh my gosh, not, to be not Bell, not,
1: no, I did not I mean, I don't remember having any reservations. I, I enjoy working. Um, I never got into this thinking I want to be famous. Um, I want to, do the next big thing and the next big thing. I I enjoy the craft and as long as I'm able to act, I'm happy. Um, and, uh, you know, now I'm super thankful because having a kid, the schedule is perfect. I work at a great place, um, who is very helpful with me and, um, and Brandon trying to figure out our schedule with our daughter um, so I, I, think especially in the long run, it's worked out to be a, a good decision.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, now what would become a theme in your soap career? You were cast as the daughter of a super couple, in this case, John and Marlena. So what are your standout memories of working with their portrayers, Drake Hogeston and Deidre Hall?
1: Um, so I worked with Drake and Deidre on my first day in my first scenes, and I remember being in awe of Deidre. Um, I knew who she was, uh, I knew she, you know, is this powerhouse in daytime, um, and so I was nervous on that end, but then Drake was so goofy and fun that he kind of calmed my nerves, um, but I, it was a good first day. I still remember being on that set and having a conversation with Deidre on set, um, on your, first yeah, it day? was, huh? On your first day? On my first day, yeah. you say? Um, just, uh, we talked about my grammar and stuff in my lines. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean, I think she just wanted to make sure I knew the ropes and how to do it. Cause shooting a daytime show is so different than doing, uh, like a movie of the week or a primetime show. Um, you have the multiple cameras and every angle is being shot in one take, so you can't you know, be letting your guard down at any point. Um, so yeah, she, she definitely, um, and and I think she was trying to get to know me a little bit too, because here I was now like playing her daughter. Um, so yeah, it was, I enjoyed working with them quite a bit.
0: Well, at that time, uh, Days built a really popular, uh, well-received teen scene around, uh, your character, it was you, it was uh, Farrah Fath as Mimi, and Jason Cook as Sean, and Jay Kenneth Johnson as Philip, and Nadia Yorlin as Chloe, and uh, Kyle Lauder as Brady. Like, what comes to mind when you think about uh, working so closely with with that group of folks?
1: Um, I, I look back on that time fondly. It was fun. I um, mean, uh, Farrah and I were the youngest. Um, we were in high school. We were both being tutored in the schoolroom together, which was an experience. Um, I don't think we took so much of it seriously. Uh, we would pass notes back and forth to each other in a little Altoid box, and the <laughs> tutor would think we were passing mints, but we would have notes in there. We got really good at that. <laughs> um, it was fun, though. Uh, we got to do a location shoot in uh, Catalina Island. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a good time. I always working at that age. A lot of people ask me if I feel like I missed out on being a, a regular kid and going to school. Um, I feel like I had some really unique and amazing experiences as a teenager, um, that, I remember and they make me happy. So I, I don't think I missed out on anything. And days,
0: uh, that's that, those are my high school years to me, so. Now, Sean and Belle became hugely popular. Um, so, you know, what was that like for you? Like, here you are kind of new on a soap. I feel like it was even one of the first, like, shipper names. I was getting, like, seashells sent to my office for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, what was that experience of, like, being so young and now being hugely popular? It was uh,
1: interesting in that I had not really had any experience in a relationship in my own life. So to portray this great love on camera, um, was something new for me. I didn't really have anything to draw off from. Um, but working with Jason was great. Um, he took it very seriously and that helped me, you know, continue to take it seriously. Um, but it was awesome to see the fan reaction and have everybody love our characters so much and love having us be together. Um, when the fans love what you're doing, that kind of shows you you're doing it right. So, um, yeah, that was that was awesome.
0: Uh, well, you had uh, a sister on the show that we want to bring up. That was Miss Allison Sweeney, who played Sammy. Tell us about your yeah. relationship with Allie. Um, God,
1: Allie... I think she is so talented, but more than that, she's incredibly smart. Um, I look up to her a lot. Um, I'm not as much in touch with her now as I used to be. Um, we'll send messages to each other, you know, every once in a while. Um, but I I loved working with her. I mean, you can't do better than, having Allie Sweeney as an on-camera sister. So, um, yeah, I mean, I know, and she's moved on to do great things also, and I can't believe how big her kids are. Um, It's crazy to think about. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Now, in 2004, after a five-year run, you opted to leave Days, so what went into that decision-making at the time?
1: Um, I had a pilot out at the end of my contract with Days, which allowed me to audition for... Uh, pilots, uh, which are the first episode of a series. And uh, I did the pilot. And then while I was still on days, and then you kind of wait around to see if the network's going to pick it up for the rest of the season. Um, And it, weirdly enough, worked out. If your show gets picked up, you go to what's called Upfronts in New York. I, I know you guys know all this stuff I'm explaining for everybody else. <laughs> um, and uh, at Upfronts, they show advertisers and other people from the network the shows that are going to be on the air that season. So that, the timing of it was that it worked out where it was the same week as the Daytime Emmys. And I was in Hawaii and found out my show got picked up, flew to New York with my best friend, and uh nobody at Days knew yet that the show had been picked up. And I ran into one of the executives at NBC in the lobby of the hotel. And he was like, What are you doing here early for the Emmys? And I said, I'm actually going to upfronts. My pilot got picked up. <laughs> That conversation was super short. (laughs) It was like, I gotta go make some phone calls. (laughs) Right, not awkward at all. No, not awkward. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, and then I ended up leaving Days to do that. We did 11 episodes before getting canceled. Um, That was an awesome experience as well, just to do something new and try something different. I definitely missed the daytime schedule when I was on uh, that other show because... The hours were so long on the primetime show and a lot of waiting around, not that much dialogue to do each day. We would do two to three pages instead of 30 to 40. And um, I just wanted to be busier. Um, So when we got canceled, um, sorry, I'm probably jumping into your next question right now. (laughs) I, um, I took a little bit of time off. And uh, then was approached uh, by ABC.
0: Um, Laura, right, Well, tell us what that was like to, okay. <laughs> uh, to, to have an inquiry made about uh, you joining GH as Maxie. Um,
1: so I got a call letting me know that there was some interest in me to do uh, One Life to Live. And kind of when we were discussing that, it came up that there was a role available on General Hospital. And, um, one life to live at the time was shooting on the East coast and general hospital was where I was living. So I, it was easier for me to take that meeting and I went in and talked to the executive producer and she kind of gave me the rundown on what the character was and what, uh, what I would be doing. Um, I had seen a lot of general hospital already and, uh, loved the Jason and Sonny characters So I got very excited to think that I could be working there with them (laughs) specifically, (laughs) Um, which is so funny to look back on now and think about um, that 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 was such a big deal um, to to work with these actors that I have watched on television. Um, Yeah, so I ended up taking the part and I started in a very short time after that.
0: Um, Now, we did ask, I actually asked this roundup of you, and I remember it so specifically. It was you with Alexis Thorpe in that dressing room you had that had, like, the loft bed in it. The bunk beds. (laughs) Yeah. And we were chatting, and I asked you um, to name your soap crush, and you named Steve Burton. Yeah, um, Alexis named Maurice, actually. And yeah. in your Digest interview, of uh, when you joined the show, you said, I think when I see Maurice Bernard, I might pass out. So yeah. how did you react when you first saw Maurice at the studio? I think, I,
1: I feel like I didn't talk to him for the first year I worked there, just out of nervousness. Um, Steve was a little harder to avoid <laughs> because... <laughs> Um, the Maxi Spinelli Jason storyline, um, very embarrassing. I named him as my crush now. (laughs) Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I still knowing them personally and then seeing how the characters they portray on camera, I'm still in awe of those two guys and their talent and their ability to, um, play the dialogue the way that they do. Um, it's just a different kind of awe, I feel now, than I did before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Well, as Maxie, uh, you have gotten to work with a great variety of leading men. So we're going to go in chronological order and ask oh you God. about a few of them. Uh, okay. so we'll give you a name and you tell us what stands out to you about them or, you know, uh, the pairing. Okay. Uh, so let's let's start with Greg Vaughn, who plays- Oh, my God. Okay, so, uh, Greg and I knew
1: each other. Uh, he dated somebody I worked with uh, on another show. And um, I always thought of him, at, No, if he hears us, I'm sorry, Greg. I, I thought of him as, like, older than me. Um, and when they put us, it, it wasn't even really a pairing because my character was drugging him and seducing him. Uh, so it wasn't voluntary on his part. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was uh, scared, nervous. Um, I had to kind of, uh, uh, act like I was on his romantic level. Um, and I, I didn't feel like I was. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure how successful that storyline panned out, but, um, I love Greg to death and, um, I mean, and, he, and he's not bad to look at, so I can't complain. <laughs>
0: that was a good story. I remember it, and you're both really good in it. Yeah. Actually, okay, good. thank he you. the drugging, like, I always thought he should have gotten an Emmy nomination for those scenes. I just thought... He man, did a great job. Yeah. He did like, a good job. Um, yeah. Okay, now, uh, Bradford Anderson, who plays Spinelli?
1: I've said that Spixie is probably my favorite pairing, Uh, And I stand by that. Uh, Just of uh, everyone I've worked with in uh, daytime, um, Bradford has this way of speaking Spinelli's dialogue and not only sounding like he knows what he's saying, (laughs) which is (laughs) probably super difficult, but just making you also interested in what he has to say. And he's different than any other character I've ever seen on a daytime show so when they put this sort of popular girl with the nerdy guy I I was I dug that big time um and he couldn't be sweeter um we got along really well still get along really well but uh during that time especially when we were working with Steve Burton um those are some of the most fun scenes I've ever done um and you we could feel it when we were doing it that they were good so that was
0: um that always feels good yes more of that like why I want that back
1: I would love to work with them again we talk about it all the time how it would be great if uh Maxie got stuck on some sort of stakeout with them or something um it would be nice to revisit that for sure
0: Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, Well, for a time you got to reunite with your former day's love, Jason Cook on GH when he played Matt. What was that like?
1: Uh, Awesome. I mean, working with Jason, it felt normal and um, we know each other very well. uh,
0: And uh, yeah, it, it was great. It felt, it felt comfortable. Mm hmm. Um, and then we have Brandon Barash, who played Johnny. He's now Daisy's Jake, your ex-husband, and the father of your gorgeous daughter Harper <laughs> Rose. Who we my baby daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: it's so funny. I always loved working with Brandon. Um, he has a preparation process that's similar to mine. His is more intense, um, just as far as break how he breaks his script down and stuff, but. We we do a lot of similar things and think about things the same way when it comes to acting. Um, so I always enjoyed working with him. I respected him so much as an actor on set. Um, and I thought he was cute. So um, I was always for the Johnny Maxey pairing. And that didn't ever really fully happen. Um, they gave us like a little dabble of it. But um, yeah, working with him was great.
0: Before we move past Brandon, tell us about uh, how Harper is doing. Harper's good.
1: Um, As most kids are doing during quarantine and the pandemic, she's a little over it. (laughs) Um, She's ready for things to be more back to normal. She's asked me when coronavirus is gone if I could take her to Chuck E. Cheese. I was like, it's going to be a while before we go to Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) <laughs> um, but you know she's doing good, like we Brandon and I are doing our best to keep her active and um socializing with the kids that she can socialize with um and just do fun stuff with her, but she's honestly just the sweetest little girl. We talk about all the time how she never really went through a terrible twos or the three major stage or anything like that, and that's really followed through to now. She's just the kindest, most compassionate, sensitive little girl. Um, we lucked out a lot. Yeah. That could change when she becomes a teenager. I have some
0: karma like heading my <laughs> way, I feel like. <laughs> That's um, hilarious. Well, you also got to work with James Franco, who played Franco at the time Maxie had a one-night stand with him. So what was your reaction to that casting and just you know <laughs> working with him? Uh, I remember hearing
1: that James was going to come onto the show and I thought, Oh, I wonder who he's going to get to work with. Not ever thinking it would be me. Mm-hmm. And then I found out we would have scenes together. And then I found out I would be in my underwear in some of those scenes. And I, I was a lot less nervous than I thought I was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, He made it comfortable. He also coming like into the daytime world already being this huge celebrity. Um he really took our process seriously and wanted to know everything about it. And I thought that was great that he respected it so much. Um but he made me feel really comfortable and um and he's a great actor, so it was a lot of fun and that'll go down in the books is one of the coolest things I've done on general hospital is work with him. Mm -hmm. So, Uh,
0: and and what about uh, Ryan Pavey who played Nathan? Uh, Ryan
1: talk about another like couple that turned out uh, to be more popular than I expected. By the time Ryan got to the show, um, my character had been through quite a few gentlemen and (laughs) a lot of them that uh, died on the show. Um, so I don't know if I didn't expect a lot to come of it because of that, but then working with him, um, the scenes were going great. We had great chemistry on camera. Um, and, and the fans really liked it, which I'm again, super thankful for. Uh, but it was a lot of fun working with him. He's like a kid, like a big kid, Um, and, and that's a fun energy to have on set.
0: And finally, your current co-star, Wes Ramsey.
1: (laughs) Wes is, um, the most professional guy I've worked with. And I mean that in a good way. He is, uh, classically trained as an actor and, um, he really knows his stuff. And I, I know when he makes a choice in a scene that he knows why he's making that choice. Um, so I trust him a lot, uh, with where the scene takes us and he's so sweet. And, um, I am kind of obsessed with Laura, right? So, um, uh, I think they're so adorable. <laughs> it's weird to see pictures of them on Instagram and be like, oh my God, they're so cute. <laughs> Wait, I work with him. Okay. <laughs> Just a strange dynamic, but, um... No, I, uh, I think he's great and he's a fantastic actor. I mean, he's nothing like the part he plays. So, uh, that's one sign of a great actor.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she's had some ups and downs in the, uh, romantic department, but one of the great loves of Baxi's life, unquestionably, is her BFF, Lulu, uh, who sadly is now in a long-term care facility after sustaining a brain injury, Um, What was it like to film those emotional final moments that you shared with M before Lulu went to New York City?
1: I think the harder part was not being emotional in the scenes that led up to those. Um, Obviously, it was sad, and we were both extremely sad. The last few days she was there, it really started to hit us. Um, But I just kind of let it all out in those, the last scenes I filmed with her were when I was talking to her as she's in the hospital bed. Um, and then the last scene we were in together is when they wheel her out and everybody's kind of gathered around and I was standing next to Dominic and I just remember like not, not being able to control my tears. And I couldn't once they called cut, I was still crying for another 15 or so minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, look, a lot of people come and go in the soap world. I I know to expect that. Um, it just was, yeah, it was sad to see her uh, character be... Put into that state because um, she and I are like sisters, and I've gotten so used to seeing her at work every single day. Our dressing rooms were right across from each other. We would leave our doors open and just like talk to each other with the doors open, which I'm sure a lot of people at work are happy is not happening anymore. <laughs> 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 um, but I know that she's extremely talented and she's gonna go on to do great things no matter what it is, and um, yeah, I love her a lot. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Well, as we mentioned, like Belle, Maxie is the daughter of a super couple, Frisco and Felicia. So tell us about your dynamic with both Christina Wagner, who plays Felicia, and Jack Wagner, who plays Frisco on and off. I've worked more with Christina than I've worked with Jack. Um,
1: Christina is as nice as they come. She's just so sweet, and uh, I love working with her. I always enjoy when Maxie has scenes with her parents. Um, Working with Jack was fantastic when he came back, um, my mom loves him, (laughs) I, now I'm thinking, I hope I never said that to him, um, uh, just, she was a big Melrose Place fan, so, um, I remember seeing him on TV when he came back to General Hospital, I was very aware of who he was, um, So yeah, it was a great experience to work with him. And um, anytime, like I said, that Maxie can
0: work with her parents,
1: I love that. I love the family dynamic.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, uh, because of Maxie's close relationships with Lulu and with Peter, you've gotten to work a lot uh, recently with two of the most legendary uh, leading ladies in general hospital history. That's Jeannie Francis, who plays Laura, and Fanola Hughes, who plays Anna. Tell us about your experience working with those two superstars.
1: Okay, I'll start with Jeannie because um I have so much to say about Fanola because <laughs> um, I've I've worked with her for a long time. Yeah. Jeannie is great. She gives so much to the actors she's working with. She is so sweet off camera as well. Uh, she's the first person to give me a hug when I see her in the morning. Um, and she'll you know follow up on the conversation you had with her the last time. Um, I love that about her. She she makes you feel cared about. Um, so I, I just really enjoy Jeannie on a personal level as well. Um, Fanola, I call her the queen. Um, my queen. <laughs> <laughs> I especially recently, I don't want to get into too much of what we've been doing, but um recently have had the opportunity to have more emotional scenes with her, Fanola. And it's so easy to access for me those emotions with her because she's already there and she's so giving and solid. Um, I feel like she could teach a masterclass on acting. I would attend. Um, I just enjoy her so much, and she's so sweet. And and side note, she's a knitter. We text each other regularly about what projects we're working on. I met up with her on Valentine's Day to give her some knitting needles, and I thought to myself, like, if I don't see anyone else today, and I only saw Fanola on Valentine's Day, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I just adore her, Um, and I hope we have more stuff coming up.
0: Mara and I do too. We are both big fans of hers uh, personally as well as professionally. Um, but we have to tell you what beautiful work we both thought you did the week that Maxie's doubts about Peter began to grow as she marked the anniversary of Nathan's death and made that pact of sisterhood with uh, Brit and Nina um, and maybe you should just be on the lookout for a performer of the week honor coming your way. Um, oh, hey! But Cynthia, uh, <laughs> who plays Britt, told Mara what a joy it is to work with you and how much you two vibe. Uh, the scene's also got like a really great response from the audience. So, what is it like for you to work with her and Cynthia Watros? Um,
1: Working with Kelly and Cynthia recently, th- they've just start started to build this dynamic for us. Um, has been fun. Um, the three of us really enjoy each other. The scenes around Nathan's grave, I remember Kelly and I were joking, we wanted to ad-lib so, so many things that they were (laughs) 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 mixing, And we were, we went up and told Frank, uh, we're going to go downstairs to our dressing rooms and redo these scenes the way we thought that like we would (laughs) ad-lib with them just so we could see how they would play out um but it's rare that you find um that feeling of oh i've known this person forever when you're working with them and i get that with kelly uh and cynthia cuz i i haven't known cynthia a super long time um but i feel very close with her as well and she's such a great actor i i feel like the part of nina can only be played by a great actor cuz uh michelle stafford is amazing as well um and i thought she did such an incredible job with her version of Nina and Cynthia does the same thing with her version as well. Um, But yeah, I'm excited to see where they take this little sister relationship. I hope we, I hope we become a mob
0: family or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So getting back into the life of Maxie for a moment, I think it's fair to say that the audience has been frustrated that Maxie has been in the dark about Peter's true nature. Of course, you know, she doesn't know uh, all that we know as viewers, but what's your take on why she has maybe been apt to turn a blind eye to the red flags that have popped up here and there? I
1: would say that love is blind is the best thing to explain that. Um, I've been frustrated at times, too, and I've thought Maxie's smarter than this she would know something's up here. And then I check myself and remember I was in a relationship not too long ago for several years with somebody who I continued to convince myself was one person and he was not. Um, and I mean, that took me like three years to figure out. So if Maxie can get it in under three years, she beats me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I know the fans don't, uh, want to see her uh, have the wool pulled over her eyes, um, but I-, I think that things will pan out to to be okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, as we're talking to you, it's the day our new issue comes out and your beautiful face is on the cover as we preview the big double wedding between Peter and Maxie and Anna and Finn which was delayed a little bit, you know, in true soap fashion by the <laughs> preemptions. Um, so we know there's a whole lot of things that could potentially blow up on the wedding day, but the show's head writers told us that the double wedding is the crescendo and climax of years of stories and secrets and lies. So we know this is all going to be so can't miss, um, but, you know, tell us your perspective, what you can say. Were they fun to film? Were they challenging? What was it like? Uh, they The scenes were
1: fun. They were challenging. Um, I I think that if you've been following this storyline and the storyline surrounding it, uh, you're, you can't, absolutely cannot miss these episodes Mm -hmm. and that's all I'm going
0: to say about it. (laughs) Um, All right. So we're going to hit you with some rapid fire questions, uh, further probing your relationships with your castmates. Okay. Okay. Kirsten Storms. Who do you text with the most in the GH cast?
1: Currently, that would be
0: Fanola. Who are the top three people you wish you had more scenes with?
1: Maurice. Chad Duell. I would love to work with him more. Mm-hmm. He's uh, got a great energy. Um, oh, and Caitlin McMullen, because she's just
0: too cute for words. Mm-hmm. Um, who would you say makes you laugh the most behind the scenes? <sighs> Dominic.
1: We have a very love-hate relationship with each other. <laughs> love on
0: his side, hate on mine. So
1: <laughs> it works out. <laughs> um,
0: and uh, pre-COVID, who were the top like three people that you would most likely to be found hanging out in the hallways with?
1: Kelly Monaco, uh, M. Ryland, and uh, third person, oh, Laura, because she's a catty corner to me, and I love hearing life lessons from her.
0: Yeah, I always want to know who are people's dressing room roommates. So, like, when you and Em had your doors open, who were you most likely to bother because of their proximity?
1: Laura, um, (laughs) which is great that she's next to us because she's just so, like, loving and kind, and um, we could get great advice from her. (laughs) Um, And then uh, Becky's down the hall just a little ways – and to the other side is Kelly Monaco. So I, yeah, I've got a good little corner.
0: We have to protect this section of the GH studio at all costs. There's just too so many. <laughs> yes, important, yes. Important <laughs> it's the cool kids' side. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we we know that there is going to be fallout from whatever may or may not happen the week of the wedding because it's a soap. So we know that going in. So what would you say your hopes and dreams for Maxie would be in like the, you know, as she, as she copes with whatever she may have to cope with when whatever happens, at the wedding happens.
1: I would like to see, oh, this is in so selfishly because I would just like to play it. Um, I'd like to see Maxie get some revenge.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. I miss a little bit when Maxie was bad. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see a little bit of that come out, especially as an adult. Um, so yeah, revenge would be sweet.
0: Um, now I would say like on a personal note over the last, um, I guess we're at 22 years almost, um, you know, you've been very forthcoming about sort of struggles you faced about challenges you faced in your life. How would you say you're doing today? Um, I feel like I'm doing great. Um,
1: I am in the best Place with the relationships in my life, uh, which is a sign that I'm doing well. Um I was diagnosed a few years ago with bipolar one, and that sort of changed things for me. Uh, I was able to be put on a medication that actually worked for me um, because before that I was not. Um, nothing seemed to be working. Um so that's, that's helped me out quite a bit. And the people that I'm close with have been very supportive of that diagnosis and me continuing on my mental health journey. Um, Brandon and I still, he's a person I go to to talk about a lot of things, and he's extremely supportive. Um, my parents, uh, my sister, M, has been there for me through so much. I don't know where I would be without her right now. Um, but yeah, things are great. And, and I have my daughter who's growing what feels like way too rapidly.
0: <laughs> so but before we let you go, you did mark quite the milestone on GH last year, 15 years, which is so awesome. What uh, does it mean to you you know, to have found such a secure professional home in Port Charles?
1: It's crazy to think that it's been that long. It doesn't feel that Um and it it feels great. I, I truly feel like these people are my family. Um, I know that no matter what I'm going through and I've probably been through it, um, that these people I work with will be there to support me. Um, and that is hard to come by in this business. So I'm incredibly thankful every day I walk into that set um, that I work there, that I work with the people I get to work with, that I have the boss that I do. Um, And it makes me happy. It's a good place to be.
0: Well, that's amazing. And we're, you know, first of all, just so happy to hear your stories, happy to hear you're doing well, and just so happy to catch up with you at all. all. So thank you so much. This has been a long time coming. (laughs) It has.
1: Thank you guys for having me. All right. Thanks, Kirsten. Have a great day.
0: You too. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Kirsten Storms for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.